Jason, your mother wants you to kill. Jason, kill them for mother. The media masterminds, they need to be killed. They need to be stopped. Stop them for mother. Ooh, wee, wee, wee. Good evening, boys and ghouls. Halloween season is still upon us, and we are here to whisper sweet horror nothings into your ears. I am your host with the most this evening. I am the one and only good guy doll, Benny Rose. And with me as always, my evil counterpart, the bearded mastermind himself, Legend Pop. So we're here to talk Another franchise, another retrospective, but this time it's going to be my choice. And if you haven't told already by the music with the great Harry Man Freddy soundtrack, Friday the 13th is that franchise. We're going to talk a little bit about each movie, going to be a little inspired by the pop himself, kind of go through a similar formula that he did uh, in our previous episode with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Two franchises that share some similarities, some connections, specifically a movie. And, uh, you know, we may retouch on that. But we start at the basics, where it all began that Friday the 13th. So, for those that are not familiar, Friday the 13th is a horror franchise that has been around since the 80s. And it's really a story that started with a direction that just kind of evolved after the first movie. The The first movie itself was really not where, you know, we expect the movie to be as we know it now. Most of us are familiar with the character, Jason Voorhees, the serial killer that is seeking vengeance uh, for his mother's death. But there's more to his story. And it all started with his mother. So the first movie is one of those movies that if you know the franchise, you kind of expect to see a little Jason in there, but you don't get what you'd expect. The movie's more focused on his mother, spoiler alert, but it is really the binding piece to what this franchise uh, grows into which is essentially the death of his mother at the hands of a camp counselor. So again, we're not going to deep dive into the the deep, deep story and origin. Most of you that are listening, I would hope are a little familiar with the franchise at the minimum, Jason Voorhees. So um, the way Paul did things the last episode, he talked a bit more about, you know, each movie kind of breaking down, but more trying to see where my knowledge was. And I thought that was a really interesting take. So, 
you know, he didn't prepare, prepare me for that. So, you know, there were some movies I didn't know. So I think we'll do that as well. You know, I mean, in this case, let's keep in mind, we definitely have uh, more movies this time around. So we may not have the same amount of time. So we'll kind of speed run through some of them and see where we can, you know, if we get to a point where, you know, your knowledge is, you know, much more than another, we can talk more to that, you know, like we did with yours. Um, So we'll get started. Mr. Pop, I'd like to know what you know about the original Friday the 13th. And we're back. I'm allowed to talk now. I stole your intro. Oh, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, you told me to steer the boat. I steer the boat. I narrate the boat. I don't stop talking on the boat. Apparently. And you already gave away what happens in the first movie. Can I I finish? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The the difference is I asked you what you remember about the movie. So that's the the first movie I'm the most familiar with. So I wouldn't have gotten that wrong anyway. But (laughs) you're followed around. And this is like our... If, if I'm remembering correctly, this is like our first real dose of like first person camera perspective, because that's how we see a lot of the the looking through the woods and the kills. And we before we realize that it's Jason's mother that is they're killing the people, uh, the, the the kids. Well, are, they're not counselors at this point, right? They're people just hanging out there during the summertime. That's I don't recall. Uh, what it was but because they weren't they're there they weren't paying attention when jason was killed so you're you're given a little bit of a swerve the mother shows up to help help the kids in quotations and then the kids the, the one or two whoever's left realizes that she's the fucking murderer and she's talking to herself get her get her mommy get her but then we're left with the end of the movie where is she dreaming is she not she's in the boat the last survivor i don't remember the names this is going to be like the last show where you don't remember we don't remember i don't you don't remember nightmare on Elm street i'm not going to remember friday the 13th but then the deformed child grabs her jump scare from the boat into the crystal lake and that's how the movie ends right yep so, I mean, the reason that I spoke more to the first movie, as I mentioned, is because we, we definitely have more movies to talk here. So I figured just kind of give the quick, you know, roundabout for it. But ultimately, we know we have a lot of different Jason movies. But here's one of the big differentiators. And again, you know, I'll spoil stuff here because there's just a lot to talk about. And the big difference with this franchise and your franchise, as we know, you know, Robert Unglund, the legend, that's who played that character with the exception of a reboot. Now, when we're looking at the Friday the 13th franchise, as you know, we have more than one actor. So I'd like to ask uh, if you know about how many people have played Jason. Uh, well, the first movie, there is no Jason, right? I mean, besides the kid, you're not counting the first movie, right? I'm counting Jason Voorhees. <laughs> That's so not I'm really... That's not uh, really fair because uh, so then Freddy versus Jason, there's two Jasons because there's one that plays him as a kid and then there's, there's the other, the big tall guy that plays him, right? So you're counting every single person. I'm counting Jason Voorhees. It's pretty straightforward. So you want so Jason if, also? Yes, yes. All right, I'll make... I'll, for, I don't think you've tallied for, for child Jason. 
I have, but you know what? We'll make it easier. We'll do Killer Jason because that's who's that's who's relevant here. I don't expect you to know the answer. That's not that's not why. This is more to kind of open up dialogue in the sense of this character has been I'm, played by a lot of different. I'm people. I'm going to say five people. Five okay. people have played adult Killer Jason. Occult adult Killer Jason. Okay, so where do you see the first the first Jason where we where we see him in as an adult? Which movie? The second movie. Okay, so that's one. And that is one actor so far. Okay. So that's going to be Warrington Gillette for Friday the 13th part two. What else? So that's one. I think they switched for part three. Correct. Different Jason. That's, is that the, the not, which one is the non Jason that's not actually Jason? Two? Five. Five? Five. I see. I'm. That's how bad yeah. I am on these. So, Friday. Th- so look. So Kane, Kane Hodder played Jason the most, right? So correct. how many times did he play Jason? Three or four? He played him in seven, eight. Jason goes to hell, and Jason ten, Jason X. So he's yeah, played him so four, four times. times. So that's. Well, then you have the guy who played him in Freddy vs. Jason. So it's definitely more than five. Then you have the guy who played him in the remake, right? So right. that's that's right. five alone right there. Right. So if he played him from seven, eight, nine, ten, so you have six, five, four. So did the same guy from three play him in four or five? Nope. No. So, so that's each, that, that that's where that's where I thought own? we yeah. So that's where I thought we would have a little fun with it because I know that you're a big Kane Hodder fan like me, so we know that he's been there for a while through most of it. But yeah, ideally, every Jason outside of that those movies has been a different Jason, which right. is crazy when you think about it. And that, that's why I let, thought it'd be an interesting, you know, thing to bring. If up. I'm rem- let me see if I rem- remembering this correctly because I did watch some of the documentary series that I'm sure you're going to mention. Uh, but didn't Kane Hodder wasn't he uh, a stuntman on the movie before he became Jason? Was he the previous movie? Was he a stuntman for Jason? Uh, in six. In six, so yeah. not seven. Correct. Well, he's he plays him in seven, but he does oh, he play, right seven, eight, nine, and Jason X. Jason. Okay, yeah. So right. see, I, I I loosely remember it, and that's where they're like, yeah. "Well, we, this guy played him in the, in the stunt role. Why can't he just play him in general?" Yeah. And we don't. There's no talking. It's not like Freddy Krueger. There's no right. I still think the head moves and that sound gives you a little bit of emotion, but well, he he definitely I feel brought the character the most to life. You know, by giving him a little more of a personality, he was in that transition period too, because he essentially did two Paramount movies and then he did two New Line movies. So he, we've, we got to see that character kind of go through obviously several weird scripts. Because the one thing I will say, most of these movies, the scripts are pretty weird, pretty pretty weird. But uh, yeah, one of the first things with him was uh, there was a scene where he had to be pretty much engulfed in flames. And that was in, in in part seven. So that was definitely yeah. uh, one of those early moments for him. But uh, yeah, so like I mentioned, you know, essentially, yeah, we, we have a Jason in part one, which is the child. In part two, we have him essentially with the sack. In part three, do you recall that anything boy. about part three? That's the first time we get the hockey mask, isn't it? Correct. So that was uh, that was pretty much the defining moment he pick, you, know, you see him pick it up 
you see him in the, is it like a barn or something like that where he right and uh that's also when we had our first uh 3d <laughs> right at 13th only only 3d but you know using the gimmick with the uh throwing the sphere and yep with the eyeball popping out into the screen right into it um, so, bad. so out of all the movies outside of freddy vs jason because as we've discussed the previous show you and i love that movie to a degree we like it a lot let's talk about earlier franchise out of what you've seen which are some of the movies that you do that you remember that you liked pretty much i'd say that the the first eight paramount movies other than the first because i know you like the first one yeah i can't remember i can't remember any of them okay fair enough i mean i know tommy jarvis and Corey feldman right and the crispin glover wacky fucking dancing and stuff but i can't pinpoint which movies those even were right and then the the horrible jason takes manhattan that was filmed in vancouver I mean, because Vancouver looks so much like Manhattan. But, uh, yeah, I really couldn't. I, I mean, if you went through bits of the bad stories, maybe I could pinpoint one for you. Okay. But Fair the first enough. movie is definitely my favorite. Yeah. So, I mean, again, we won't we won't talk on each movie because we don't want to. We can be here all day with this. But, uh, like, for me, Jason Part 4 is where it gets interesting for me. I love the idea of, you know, the mask being originated in three, not a big fan of the movie as a whole, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of where they're getting their feet wet with the character, like where he's really starting to kind of define himself as a, as a killer. But I feel four is where we started getting any potential concrete story that you can connect the dots. Like you've talked about with Friday 13th, uh, with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, we started connecting movies. You know, you started doing uh, Dream Warriors, the Dream uh, Dream Master stuff like that. That's what they did with four. So, uh, with Friday Thirteenth Four, this is the movie that we mentioned with uh, Corey Feldman playing the role as Tommy Jarvis, who becomes a character that is uh, reoccurring for three movies uh, in a row, actually. But uh, again, another scenario of three different actors uh all three movies uh so but the second movie Corey feldman's not in it at all the no. second one he's in not the character no i thought flash, only the third flash, one was an adult version of him four no four is is Corey feldman is a younger kid five has flashbacks where you still see Corey feldman but it's just re- scenes from the other movie it's yeah because it's the scenes essentially when he's attacking jason at the end yeah and he dressed up like jason um because five is him having that ptsd and basically being sent to a camp to kind of deal with that and that's where he's which good i I don't want to derail you which one was the one with the mother's head in the shrine that one i remember liking and the, the girl uses the mother's head to like talk to jason pretty sure that's two because at that point she's been killed yeah. and yeah. Right. But he had the shrine set up. And I remember that was like a funny, like cool thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 But uh, you know, and it's obviously that's something that has st- stood the test of time. You know, we've played the video game and that's kind of a, a hub, if you will, right. for, for Jason, when you play as him. 
So it's cool to see that. You know, that's not something that's very that's not heavily explored in the franchise. I think they didn't they use that in the remake also. To a degree, they kind of gave him. I felt like his house was more of um, Texas Chainsaw style. Yes, I was just going to say that crazy sub cellar and tunnels and right and wood wood paneling like and the kids are like under floorboards and shit like that. Exactly. Yeah. We could we'll, we could talk that movie a little bit a little later. Let's 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 get to the good stuff first. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so with four, four, five, and six essentially is is the biggest connective tissue in the franchise. There it is. Do a shot. And for me, oh. <laughs> we we drinking Doc Brown's cherry or uh... I uh, oh diet cherry baby just for you. See, the one thing I, I, it's going to be the same thing with you. You know, this is a franchise that has gotten lost in the wind due to licensing issues and, and distribution issues, just like Nightmare on Elm Street. It's been through hell for the last like 10 years. I mean, it always had issues, but, you know, there was, a, like we talked about, there was a Friday the 13th video game that came out that was crowdfunded, that had a lot of support from, people that were involved with the movies, um, some of the, the creators, like there was just a lot of involvement. But then as the game came out and development come into play with different versions of Jason, there came a lot of legal issues. And then it became, oh, you guys can't even do anything for the game anymore. You can't support the game anymore. We're like in major legal battles, like nothing can really be discussed and done. And since then, we've had nothing. You know, there's been talks about a a 13th movie, as I've said, Friday 13th. If you're going to end it at all, end it on a 13. Like, go go all in and go, you know, or not. But at this point, you know, Kane Hodder would love to do it again. You know, he was, there's stories behind, you know, why he didn't play him in later movies. Essentially, he he wasn't asked, you know, so that's, that's something that, you know, Nowadays, if a movie gets announced that it's being made, the the world that we live in, the social media world is going to bash the studio until they put who they want in that role, essentially. Yeah. You know, and it well, cyberbullying is not the answer, but you know. I remember I thought for Freddy vs. Jason, just because I followed it so much back when it was coming out, was that uh the director he didn't have any ties to either. Like he didn't really wasn't really a big fan of either franchise, which made him more neutral. But he right. wanted a taller, a taller Jason, and I think Kane wasn't at quite that much taller than uh, Robert England. Right. So they wanted they wanted him more taller. intimidating. Right. Yeah. No, I get it. I think it was just more of like you know I know he talked about his frustrations and the fact that it was he wasn't even brought into a conversation and then yeah clearly if you don't if you don't meet the the requirements of what the director wants, you're not going to be right. contacted. But I feel like he's one of those actors that maybe deserves the courtesy call. Hey, you know, you've been a part of this franchise. Yeah. You're kind of the face of it now. We're going in a different direction. Well, you know, let me be tri- the dev- let me let me be the devil's advocate. And like you said before, we both like his performance as the character. But do you think that if they would have cast him in the role, the movie would have been any different? It could have been. I don't think that you know the script isn't isn't any different. You know, I right. I don't, don't you necessarily think the performance lo- would have been any different. 
I think there could have been little little hints and nuances that we but, probably talk about, but I don't think it would be substantial. Yeah, right. Enough enough to change your opinion on the movie, probably. No, you like the no. movie already. You it would be mental. You know, it'd be like, yeah. oh, Kane, Kane Hodder, fifth movie, kick ass. You know, like there's more to it in the in the essence of who's playing the role than the context that he's portraying. Right. But right. again, it's tough to say because some guys like that that have this influence on the stage when they're when they're filming these movies, there's room for ad lib and opportunity. So things could change. Scripts could be different. You know, they could he could have had different chemistry with Robin England that we may not have saw. That's the, that's the hopeful side. You know what I mean? Again, it could have been a very strict script where that's it. You know, this is what we're doing. Yeah, this is what we need enough. you to do. Right. So, um, but yeah, going back to the, the regular franchise itself, the biggest change out of the entire franchise is five, which you brought up earlier. You asked me, you know, there was a Jason that isn't Jason, you know, a, ideally a copycat you know again just you know we've we've obviously been in the territory waters for a while if you didn't bring your life rafts you're probably at the bottom of the ocean and i'm sorry but uh you were warned (laughs) just warning again more spoiler as they as we talk more into the movies but uh with friday 13th 5 this was um our kind of first and only take into a copycat killer uh this was a Really, really unique movie. I, I've learned to like it more now than I did as a kid. Um, you know, it was I was like, yeah, you know, it's not really Jason. You find out at the end, it's like, ah, really? But watching it as an adult and watching how they give you the hints at the beginning, because you're seeing this guy who's pretty much helping getting rid of the dead bodies and being part of what's happening only to see that he's kind of cleaning up his own mess in a sense, you know, the infamous Roy, you know, the menacing uh, Jason wannabe essentially coming, you know, confronting uh, a mentally incapacitated Tommy Jarvis, who's like, as mentioned, dealing with PTSD, having flashbacks of, you know, all the stuff that just happened. And then he's seeing people die again at the camp and, you know, people think he's crazy. So, you know, have him having that confrontation with uh, with Roy, you know, Roy, it, it reminds me of the uh, the Captain Marvel, not the Captain Marvel, the uh, the Wanda and the Thanos. You took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> you know, it's like perfect for that. But uh, I think he did a great job, you know, for somebody that, you know, how does he know so much about Jason? You know, Jason's supposed to be a myth. There's a lot of questioning with that, but that's, you know, when you get into the fandom, you start, you know, d- diving a little too deep and then you'll never right. get those answers. But um, outside of that, like I would like to say out of the, all the Jasons, one big thing too is he looks different a lot, different yes. mask, different pants, different shirt. Do you have a favorite look for, for Jason Voorhees? Whether I'd it's a movie look, you've seen or I'd not, have to look, I'd have to look them up just to okay. get it real quick. Okay. Uh, I, I know mean, that the video game was that was like a big deal for the video game that came out. You know, was that like they have each movie, and I, I thought that was cool that they, like you would go through and see each one. Uh, yeah, you can you can unlock them as you played the game, and yeah, the one with the chain around his neck. 
Is that takes Manhattan? Jason lives. No, the one. Yeah, I think that I think that's my preferred. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of seven and eight because eight obviously continues into that with the crazy story as we know, where he's in a lake and all of a sudden he's on a cruise ship. Makes no sense. Right. (laughs) But yeah. So again, we got doesn't the anchor drag him or something too? It's like so stupid. Well. Because again, we have connective tissue now. Now we have from oh, six, from six to seven, seven to eight. So the reason that the chain—I don't know if you know why the chain, why he has a chain around his neck. I don't remember now. I'm, I'm okay. sure I. So for me, my favorite Friday the Thirteenth is going to be Jason Six. Jason Six is is definitely by far my favorite for a lot of reasons. It's we're getting, you know, an older Tommy Jarvis who kind of feels he needs confirmation after what happened in five that Jason is dead. So he visits his grave and basically digs it up to make sure his body is there. Does see it, stabs it with a pike. That pike gets stuck, struck by lightning. Jason's brought back to life. So this is the first incarnation of like a corpse version of Jason that we've gotten, you know, with decay and maggots coming out of the eye sockets and stuff like that, which I love. That's my favorite look. But by the end of the movie, he essentially is fighting Tommy in the lake and he ends up having chains wrapped around him with a big rock and he gets the rock thrown into the water and he gets sunken into the bottom of the lake. So he says new blood is actually seven. You're right. Yeah. Jason lives is the one I was talking about now. Sorry. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Seven is the one with the with the girl with the psychic powers. So it gets a little bizarre right. at that where, point. Where she goes to like the dock, right? And that's what brings yes. her. Well, because what happened? Yeah, because of her, do- her, her, father. her father. She kills her father. Yeah. Yeah. Well, her father drowns. Yeah, so this is actually, I just look, did a separate, I did this search after I already said that that was my favorite. Screen Rant ranked them and they ranked that, my pick, as the number one, actually. Seven. Yes. The, yeah. That costume, not the movie yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah. I and they like actually seven... pick Freddy vs. Jason as number two. I like that one too. Not gonna lie, but I yeah. I like six because, like I said, it's the first different version of Jason. Like Jason has been a, an alive, menacing killer up until that point, where he is essentially really killed in four. Right. You know, by Tommy Jarvis. So I I like that. We have some form of continuity there, you know, like, again, for what these horror movies are, we know that the, the, the scripts aren't that great, but you can read between the lines and you can find it's the context that you love. And, uh, you know, a big part of that for me has always been, you know, we always joke about it. It's like, you know, Tommy Jarvis always got to be, they have to give him that closure. They never did. If they ever do another Jason movie, do we need Corey Feldman? Not really. You know, at this point, I feel like he's always wanted to do it again. But the reason he didn't do it before, it was a mix of like either scheduling issues or he had his own stuff going on, you know, between it, yeah. rehab and all that other stuff. So um, let's talk a little bit about Freddy vs. Jason. You know, so, you know, we talked a little bit more about it before, but we did focus our attention on the Freddy aspect of it. Um, what are some of the parts you liked on the Jason side of that movie? You know, did you... Did you like, you know, we just talked about the look being number two in Screen Ramp, but is that a look that you liked? Yeah, I do. I do like that look. And uh, I probably connect that because 
I, I was never a big fan of those movies and I liked that movie more. So that probably ties it a little bit better. Uh, I, I really like the scene in the in the cornfield when the kids are partying in the rave and he just starts mowing through them. So and I good. like I like that as I mentioned on the previous episode, I like that he's basically being used by Freddie at the start of it to make the kids remember him. He's a pawn he, at the end of it. He's a puppy. You know, he's the puppy to him. And he's the you're gonna do what I want, and, and you, you know, like he's the big boss. Essentially, but that 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 scene I like. They kind of try to make fuck uh, Jason like the baby face, to use wrestling terminology. Uh, and then Freddy is the heel. He's a heel. Damn it! If he would have came out of box, it would have been a real heel. That's only for like three or four listeners. Uh, <laughs> but that I didn't. That I wasn't crazy about in that movie. That they kind of make up, but it makes sense why you know because he you make him the the the, the baby face because he really has no dialogue or personality to really get into it well it's also because like because of that he's easily manipulated you know like yes. like he has you know there's there's not much well in reality <sighs> if you want to make it like like really really deep into it this is a character that somehow died when he was a child continued to grow into an adult and uh, now murders people. So his brain would be that of a child, but he's grown into the adult-sized body. So, right. But also, that just lives with trauma. He has internal trauma for the rest of his life, right? Living or dead. And you know, Freddie uses that as the strong point. You know, he knows his mother is the reference, and that is pretty much hook, line, and sinker. You know, just like anybody else in the other movies, he's been fooled before, you know, by fake moms, essentially, <laughs> you know, so he's not like we said, he's not the smartest tool in shed. But once he gets the idea that uh, there's more going on, you know, obviously, when the battle ensues by the end of it, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see. And, you know. Could the script ever be any better? You know, I don't think it needs to be. You know, I think that it's what it was supposed to be. It, it lived it lived the legacy that it needed to, in my opinion. You know, again, do we ever really get a clear winner? Not really. I give you a little wink, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just ahead. You know who won. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is there is a deleted scene ending where they're they're boning at the end of the movie, the two surviving characters. And uh, I think the chick is on top and then her hand turns to a claw and she slashes the guy and then that's fade to black and there's the cat and he's not happy with this (laughs) and we'll be back in a commercial break (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i mean like i said there's there's a lot we could discuss but we really we've kind of hit on the important aspects of the movies. The last thing I wanted to talk about was some of the worst parts of the franchise. So just like nightmare on Elm street, you know, we had some really lackluster sequels towards the end that definitely, you know, I I don't have numbers in front of me to talk. That's definitely not something I researched. I apologize, but I don't think these movies made big money. I definitely feel that, you know, the, the, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise most likely made more. Um, 
these movies definitely came out in much quicker succession. We talked about that in previous episodes. I think we had like three movies or four movies within like a two year, three year span. Um, but we have the whole thing with the rights. We talked about Paramount essentially being the original distribution company for one through eight. Um, and then we had New Line Cinema take over. And that's when we got our first uh, Friday the 13th with them, which was Jason Goes to Hell. And if you listen to the last episode, we don't need to discuss much more than that one. We have Karema, Heart Eating, uh, Voorhees Burgers, pretty much no Jason Voorhees for more than 10 minutes in the entire movie. And we got a Freddy Claw at the end. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but now there's a movie we haven't discussed at all. This one is a bizarre one because some people like it and some people absolutely hate it. This one is Jason X, Jason 10, whichever way you want to say it. This is Jason pretty much in space. What do you think about this movie? I don't think we've ever really discussed this movie. It's very cheesy. I remember when it came out, it had leaked on the internet for like months before it came out. So I'm sure there's a good uh, bit of backstory that I haven't went into with it. And they probably some sort of documentary that should be made regarding it. But uh, I kind of like it. I mean, it's really, really dumb. It definitely does not take itself too serious, but the kills are pretty cool. Uh, when he gets upgraded the costume, it's really cheesy. Uber I mean, Jason. I kind of, I kind of <laughs> just like it. I don't know. Like he's, yeah, he's cheesy and and I think stupid in all the movies. So might as well make it even more extreme. Right. It's it's almost it like eleven. I mean, I've never seen the movie, but obviously, you know, we have the Leprechaun franchise, which is uh, another one that kind of just eventually goes off the walls and. Uh, it gets a, much sillier. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then there's in space a, too. In space too. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just funny that we have these franchises that are so grounded for a while to some degree and then just feel the need to take this crazy departure. And, you know, right. My question is where were their heads going? Like, where were you going after that? You know, like, were you going to expand on that if that was successful? Because there's usually got to be a plan, right? Like there's a vision of, all right, if this does really well, you know, Jason takes over Mars, you know, (laughs) but Jason, you know, in nowadays worlds, Jason takes over the multiverse, you know, it's just like, where would you, where do you go from there? Clearly the re the, the, the versus movie is where we went, which didn't connect for for good reason, but yeah, the movie has its moments. The kills are probably the best parts in my opinion. I can appreciate the beginning, you know, as he as they transition him into space when he gets frozen and stuff like that. Initially, um, it gets really bizarre with the crazy robot lady, you know, when she's like an assassin wearing, yes, you know, wearing latex. It's just a campy, yeah. extremely cheesy movie. But we love premarital sex, <laughs> and then they bring out the best kill in any Jason movie. They relive it. Nice uh, sleeping, sleeping bag right to the tree. Yep. My favorite. <laughs> but yeah, uh, outside of that, the last thing we got was just like Nightmare on, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. We got a reboot. And we only got one reboot. Yeah. This one was but okay. More rumored for, uh, for another. 
another more one. more yeah. so more so than Nightmare on Elm Street. I agree. I don't know if we need that though, you know. Yeah. But I I liked some parts of the original, uh, the the reboot. I'm sorry. Um, I don't like the portrayal as I mentioned earlier. Like the kind of I feel like he's more like focused on being like a hillbilly in the woods, um, with his you know crazy campy underground tunnels and eh, a little weird he was a bit more menacing you know he was definitely i would say you know he was a bigger guy bigger actor yeah he was definitely more intimidating than he's ever been um some of the kills are pretty cool some some drag out a little bit like the shed kill and the guys like you know with all the hockey equipment and all that stuff just drags out but the um, acting is terrible so but i mean you don't go to watch this for the acting exactly um the way they kind of get rid of him at the end is kind of brutal with like the saw, like the sawmill kind of thing with his head and stuff, like kind of chunking it up. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's fine. You know, I definitely. It is fine. It did most of what it was set out to do. It didn't change the character enough to make me like really dislike it, but I wouldn't want a franchise to continue from that because Ideally, when you think about a reboot, what do you think? You know, you're rebooting, you're starting over again. Most of the time when a reboot's done, it never gets past one movie, maybe two, right? Very rare do you get a third movie. So, again, another scenario of where were you going with this? So, with the franchise, it's tough. I think people, it seems like everybody gets the one-off opportunity with these movies. You know, it's like, hey, you can make a movie, we'll see what happens. That's the vibe I get. But that's really what I had for this episode. It was you know, kind of reflecting on uh, my love of the franchise and you know, seeing, seeing what you liked. Thanks. I think that's I'll, And I'll stop talking now. I appreciate it. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and germs. Thanks for hearing me rant. This has been Benny's rant. Take care. And I would say if since we did these two retrospectives, I'm assuming without doing any looking that the video game nerd has done these for his monster madness at some point nightmare on elm street and friday the 13th and i'd say i without re-watching them i'd probably just give you the the recommendation of going go check those out if you don't want to commit the time to the two documentaries for each of these franchises and he'll give you an entertaining spin on on the films better than ours i wouldn't go that far <laughs> easy now <laughs> but thank you all for listening as always we hope you appreciated it and enjoyed what we uh like to discuss this is stuff that we love and the season is almost over it's been a pretty cool halloween um you know lord's willing if we are at this next year we do another halloween season maybe we'll do something for christmas we know pop loves christmas movies and stuff like that So we are the Media Masterminds. Till next time. Take care now. Bye-bye then. Oh, oh, oh.